Good morning, evening, afternoon. Episode 32. There they go. They've ran out the room. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's um, that's Eden Thorn. Eden Thorn. Mm. Nice, like it. You like that name, don't you? Know yeah, because yeah. it actually it suits the act, right? Doesn't it? Yeah. Now uh, Kyle got in touch with us a while ago, actually, for some advice, and since then we've created a bit of a relationship. Not in that way. So. She's got a girlfriend, she's actually in the band, so... Well, um, we're more professional than that. A good point, forgot about that bit. Yeah, that's yeah. the point I was making. Lovely, lovely stuff. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I don't know, do you know what, whenever rock music comes on... Yeah. I always, I always feel like I'm going to get into a, um, a problem with the genre uh, descriptions. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's so many types of rock that rock fans literally berate you... If you get it wrong. If you get them wrong. So... Lovely rock. Yeah, love. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, lovely rock. Yeah. You can hear. I can hear a little bit of like James Hetfield in his vocals. Do you know what I mean from Metallica? Yes. Yeah. I could be wrong. Or like, what's the other guy? Eddie Vedder. Is he from Black Grape or whatever it is? <laughs> or whatever it is. Whatever no they one are. Knows. Could be wrong. But that's like sort of southern twang. Yeah, like Nirvana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, but it's <laughs> that's cool. Not, who's that? That's Lionel Richie. Lionel Richie. <laughs> yeah. Oh na long y'all. Oh na na. Oh yeah. Um, okay, this is Eden Thorne, Kyle, lead singer. His girlfriend is playing bass, uh, from what I remember. Yeah. And both of their brothers are also in the band. So it's quite a, a nice little setup. Hopefully they don't fall out. Yeah, that'd be really awkward. Yeah. That's a really whole pretty. family fragmented there. Yeah, not just a band. Anyway, let's be positive about it. They're all fine. They're all fine. They are moving ahead. They're moving forward. And they're... <laughs> moving from all of those problems. All Moving on from the problems. And this is their song, Hideout. Their official video is on their Facebook page. So head on over. <clears throat> it's uh, Facebook. All the, all the Facebook stuff. Dot com. All the, all the Fs. All the Fs and the comms. Forward slash... Eden Thorn Band. That's E D E N Eden Thorn T H O R N. No E. No E. Band. Don't need that one, do you? Eden Thorn Band. Head over, <laughs> have a look at the video, like the page, every little helps. Um, today's show is about one man and his band. His name is. You're, are you okay today? Yeah. I'm ill, I think. I think I'm a bit sick. Yeah, you can hear it a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit rough. A bit rough. Uh, Daniel uh, Zangerbork. Zangerbork. And he is terrific, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. We had a wonderful workshop with him uh, recently, so we went along to that and took the opportunity to interview him afterwards for you guys. Uh, and he is, uh, yeah, he's got really good views, really good background. Refreshing. Yeah. Because he studied under Professor Sunberg, and um, those who don't know who he is, he's a, another of the world's leading voice scientists. So Daniel knows his stuff. Dr. Daniel knows his stuff. Because uh, he has got a PhD. But he's got a 
the way he approaches it with uh, how to apply the science to style and different genres is, is really cool. And he can really sing. Yeah, he's got a great voice. Mm. And he can do... Like, he did a few runs, didn't he? Mm. And you see some of the girls in the, in the workshop. Literally squirmed, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. Were, they were like... <laughs> You're amazing. Put, put a ring on me, please, because yeah. you're insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, yeah, they were loving it, and so was I, actually. Uh, it was excellent. But, but um, we have to say, just before we kick off, we were going to try and record this in a professional manner, but we got to the end of the day, and we were, and you were here, actually, it cuts off quite quickly, as far as I remember. Um, we cut off quite quickly at the end, don't we? Yeah. Because the cleaner came round, and we were <laughs> out of time. So not only does the cleaner come round, but also, because we were short of time, we couldn't... The, the microphones and everything were in the car. The car was around the corner because it's central London. We were like, look, let's just go straight into the, into the laptop or the MP3 recorder we had at the time. So it could be a bit crazy. There's ambulances going off all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there's quite a lot of crime happening round us um, at that moment. So there's a few, there's a few sirens in there, but... Let's just say it doesn't doesn't detract from the brilliant Value. content that he's talking about, and he does go through, uh, you know, his um, views on warm ups, which are really quite good, and I actually um, uh, enjoyed incorporating some of his uh, uh, his thoughts into the warm up regimes. So uh, join for that. Also vibrato. He also comments on uh, you know the recent. Um, uh, issues that singers are having with their voices like Sam Smith you know the workload that the experience so he's got some great advice and some great views and he's also a really uh, a really cool guy so here we are at the end of a wonderful workshop with Daniel Zanger Bork yeah I said that right nice good good Super. job we clarified that nobody knows how that is pronounced <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the last however many hours it was uh, six I think six huh? hours um, where you covered loads of topics, and it, we are grateful for you to sit here with us and talk a little bit about your experience, uh, as your background is really interesting, and then maybe just talk a little bit about some technique and some of your opinions on stuff that I know our listeners would find really useful. Yeah, sounds great. Um, so first, but first of all, tell us a little bit about your background from the rock days. From the good old days of the 80s. Oh, anyhow, <laughs> well, I uh, started out as... Uh, my singing career started out with a with a record deal when I was eighteen. I started to record in this, in in the area, in, no, in the era where we had you know long curly hair and eighties and uh, boots up Spandex. here. Spandex. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, and it it started out with me losing my voice or, or what you would call it, but I, I was really fatigued during these recordings. And um, after that, I realized that if I'm going to go to the on the following tour, I would need to go to a vocal coach. So I did, and um, that ended up that tour ended up with a bad review, actually, for like saying that I was sounding like a musical theater singer. After you visited the vocal coach, yeah, yeah. catastrophic. You don't want to sound like a musical theater singer when you're a rock dude, 18 years old. So uh, I think that set up off my, my interest in, in the pedagogical aspects and methodological aspects and how the voice works for popular music singers. At that time, rock singing, but then it, of course, developed into to be rock, pop, soul and the subgenres. Excellent. So from there on, did you then find a teacher who managed to get you back to the sound you wanted, or was that something that you did uh, on, in your own? I did on my own, actually. There was no real teachers that, that were into this kind of um, 
teaching in, so, in Sweden. In Sweden, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only perspective I have. Um, but so, so there were no teachers around, and also when I went to the Royal Academy years later, it was the same. I think that there was lacking science, but also knowledge about the reality of the popular music singer. How is it to be out on the road, and what is what is the sounds needed and demanded from producers and the music industry? So I think that the institutions were separate from the real world. So, and I lived in the real world, so I wanted to bring these together somehow. Not the institutions, but the science and, and the knowledge about the voice, mm. bring it to, to the reality of the singer. And that was a personal quest for you, and, and actually a personal journey, because mm. you worked extensively with Dr. Sundberg? Yes, since 96. 96, and so that is clearly heavily science-based. Yes, very. Does he live in the real world? <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, very. But, but you have to have the questions from your real world to, to, um, to kick off uh, Sundberg's interests, you know. So, so I had the experience of, of hundreds of gigs and, and a couple of records when I was all 24, 25 and starting with this so and then i had my, my questions in this field was on, on solid fun, fundamental foundation so i had clear questions what is this what is that how do you do them um, but that is not reality so and i always felt strong in in these environments when you're presenting stuff when, you're, when i was putting on these uh, you know panels of teachers or, or singers sitting there and I always felt strong because I knew I had the practical experience. I knew that I know how it is to be the lead singer in full time uh, for years. So, and that is the fundamental thing in my, in my uh, experience. Yeah, yeah, it's like you have the experience and then upon that you build knowledge that you need to develop an adequate methodology for people who really sings in mm. these genres. You need to know how it is. You cannot sit and just think that, oh, we need to do this safe, that safe, and then when you hear the person saying this, sing, you just, what? what? All of that is, is, does not sound like it should. Mm. So when do you feel it is a, a, a relevant time to bring in science or justification to why someone does something you know if you're a singer and you think about your journey is it do you think it's straight away do you think it's after a while do you think it's after you've trained in a particular methodology or what are your what are your thoughts on that you mean when when i bring in the science to the singer when the singer would benefit from knowing the science and not be oh, mind okay, blown okay you know? okay yeah well i think we are who we are i think that you also as a coach and or me or as a coach and singing teacher are who you are and for me it's important to clarify why i say things so i am that personality that wants to say because you know science is saying that this is great and they're like well okay you know <laughs> but i want to say that i want this is my approach so i don't i think that even as a coach or a teacher you should develop your thing who are you you are who you are, and then you have the student or the singer or the artist in front of you. And then if you, then you work towards a result, you know. 
and you and that person are collaborating to get to the result. So it's not like you have to dance around this person and trying to push them forward. You do it together. Mm. And you are also a person in this. So that's why I think that not all singers uh, function with all coaches just because you're a good coach. So it becomes also a an, uh, an, uh, chemistry thing yeah. between people. We're people. I think the, 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 the buzzword that relates to that is um, student-centered learning, isn't it, I think, at the moment. But um, do you ever, because we kind of get your vibe on uh, vocal pedagogies and systems, let's say, that are out there at the moment, and we, we spoke briefly about it earlier on, but do you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but do you see there is benefit to vocal systems that have been created, or rule books that some teachers will stick by and therefore their students will stick by? Um, can you just mention there that sometimes you feel like there is no one way? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but mm. there's no one way. And in that studio, you, you're, you're constantly moving with the students, trying yes. to make... The, and, and, and clearly, with rule books and systems within vocal methods, it can often limit that yeah. or restrict that movement. Yes, so do you think there are benefits to those systems or...? I think there are benefits to those systems initially for some persons that are not sure about their knowledge in voice or uh, is insecure about... Uh, let me say like this. I think that it's when you do not know how to get dressed in a, in a nice way. You know, I know that this jacket will fit with this. And I it's a lovely, lovely jacket. Thanks, mm -hmm. thanks, thanks. So I know that that, that goes well with the other stuff, um, but I'm not really sure about this because this is not a skill that I have. So I learned this from someone saying that you can do like this and you can do like that. Mm -hmm. You suit best in this color uh, and you do not suit in this color. So, But that is in the beginning. Then when you develop your knowledge more, then you should be able to do whatever needed you know, from your um, knowledge. So I think that to have a system where it says, now you do this, you, you have five sounds, and these sounds are combined, and you should always be working with this first, and then this, and then, then we lose the goal. We lose the music. We lose the, what we want to do is create great vocals. And that is not singing. That is um, mathematics or, or systems. When we sing in popular music, we move so fast from sound to sound in our phrasing. So it's not really relevant if you just move through a bell sound or move through a twang. There was a twang, but I heard a, a curb. Uh, that was, you know, it's more like, okay, let's sing. Let's sing and make this great, you know. And, and then I'm more into having a, a limited terminology that is accepted by the whole voice professional community. So what would, what would everybody agree upon? So, and also when I, when I talk to a doctor, a phonetrician that is checking out my artist voice, and, and then he said, well, he's not... He has some, yeah, let's say some reflux problems in the back of the uh, of, of the focal folds, and that would make his falsetto not close or anything. You know, then I know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But if I said, so how was how was his uh, edge uh, cry? <laughs> was it a good cry? Well, I don't know what you mean now. No, the sob then, because the sob is feeling really, you know, speech. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so what? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know. They just know 
so uh, uh, yeah, I think we should stick to what everybody is doing, limit our terminology, and, and create nice vocals. So I want to facilitate the transition from, from exercise to performance. So how do we get there in the best way? And for me, that is the way that I, uh, I make my exercises. Is I try to make them as close to real songs as possible but still be exercises mm. and, and so we noticed develop. that a lot in your teaching today was that uh almost every every vocalise you did had a melody and it had a melody that you could um attribute to a popular song like mm. bad or yeah. like james brown mm. or whatever um so i see what you're saying there but I, earlier on i really wanted to pick up on some of your um uh your techniques or thoughts on warming up mm and getting yourself ready but not tired yeah i thought that was a really interesting point can you mm. can you share a bit more with our listeners about why you would get tired yeah because of course there are different angles of this but but my history of this is also that i went to the classical teacher when i was try, uh, having my first singing, singing lessons and then we warmed up on really heavy vocalizing on vowels you know so uh and i felt i was tired after the warm-up. So how could I warm up and not be tired after the warm-up? You're not supposed to, so when, when Usain Bolt warms up, he, of course he will run, but he will not be tired before he's running the actual race. But he will be warm enough to, to do his thing. And then of course there are uh, the things that, how, how long are you gonna sing? Are you gonna sing one song in a television show? Then you need to be really warmed up. Or you're gonna sing four hours gig, that's another, story so but the actual only warm-up thing i divided warm-up into the warm-up routine into a warm-up and a vocal sound check and the warm-up we always need to do but the vocal sound check is more individual do you want to check out your daily form do you <laughs> is want this to, to make you calmer <laughs> yeah it's like it's do i have the yeah but do i have the notes that it takes today and but the di dangerous thing about that is if you don't have it <laughs> I have, I've been doing that on, you know, just before you enter the stage on TV show. You're like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't have it. <laughs> Panic, you know. So it's, it's only working when it's good. If yeah. it's not good, you don't want to know before. Yeah. You don't it? want to know when you break a leg. It's just, a, you know? it's just an awful surprise. <laughs> when you get yeah, yeah. But then, but, but then it, may, it might not have happened there because you were not in yourself. You were not doing that note in a... You were trying in the wrong way. So you don't want to make a vocal sound check just before an important thing. Because if you fail, it's, it's devastating. Yeah. So what's involved in, in that non... Um, non-disruptive, I want to say disruptive, like non-traumatic yeah. sound check, as you call it. What, what's involved in the warm-up? Yeah, that's the warm-up, not the sound check, because you don't search for sounds when you warm up on, on the semi-occluded vocal track. So and that's what you uh, limit it to, it's semi-occluded? Yes, yes, I think it is. I think I really search for the best way. And I and had this uh, W, uh, it was just a fictive, or, or a, a straw exercise without a straw. You know, so narrowing of the, the lips, making this W sound with um, with chest register, and and this creates this great thing of uh, a positive oral pressure, keeping your vocal folds apart, even though you're vocalizing 
in your whole range. And when they do not collide, it's a collision threshold pressure. When, when they do not collide, they, of course, do not get damaged on the edges. Mm-hmm. So, but they still get stretched and get warmed up. Right. But without the, the, the damage or the contact that collision will make. And that effect is even greater when doing it into narrow stuff. As original Zanger voice pipe or a straw. <laughs> <laughs> Zanger voice pipe, trademark. Yeah. Uh, available online. Yeah. Yeah, are, are they actually yeah, yeah. available? Are they available? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are. Oh, okay, they are. okay, cool. So, so, um, so I think this is ultimate for warm up. So, I know there'd be some people, we've got straws in our hands. I know yeah. there'd be some people at home that probably have straws. They won't yeah. have a Zanger voice pipe yet. No, but, okay, but then maybe. it's not okay. <laughs> but you mentioned there, just to rewind, uh, it needs to feel like it's in chest voice, or it needs to be chest voice. Yes. Can you just clarify what that means? Because there'd be some people thinking, yeah. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like when I do yeah. this. Can you give it a yeah, bit? Yeah, well, the more you, there are two, two ways of actually getting more... It's, it should feel like you get... Uh, what do you say? You get squeezed, squeezed out in the throat, in, in the expanding, expanding your your um, pharynx. So, yeah, so your vocal um, tract. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the back of your back of your throat, really. So, uh, so you're letting the air kind of expand that. Yeah, right? that, that pushes it to the side, the structures to the side, you know, and and ultimately also the vocal force and the false vocal force. So, and to get that feeling, you should just sing into this. You're not supposed to blow in it, like blowing, you're singing. So you could actually take this and just sing your favorite song. But you can also, but, but don't limit it to a, a soft kind of hum or crooning. It's, but just sing your song, Amazing Grace. I don't, you know, hold back. I sing into the stroke. Yeah. And just to clarify, because I, just in case there are people that think when you said um, you're not blowing into it, clearly we're blowing into it, but it's just not to the extent of that. No, yeah, yeah, so yeah. Because some people, like, I can't even do it. Yeah, straight yeah, out yeah, the okay, nose. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, straight out the nose. <laughs> straight out <laughs> yeah. the nose. It's just a hum. Yeah. A hum with yeah. a straw in your mouth. What happens if I put straws up my nose? <laughs> yeah, so, anyway, three straws, three single voice pipes you need. <laughs> <laughs> per capita yeah, lovely yeah. Um, and uh, you also mentioned as well uh, five to six minutes being optimal for the, yeah. for the warm ups that you do how mm. did you arrive at that figure it was actually I read an article about um, the physiology of, of the vocal folds and, and the muscles um, muscle fibres there and uh, it suggested that after five six minutes these type 2A muscle fibres will uh, get lactic acid uh, start to get that. That does not mean that it's the end of the singing session. It just means that after that, you're supposed to get going with your singing. You're not supposed to continue this warm-up routine, at least not in that sense. And then, if you want to, you know, do a, um, this vocal sound check, or you want to do get into even more singing because you want to be on your peak in this television show, then maybe you should sing more, you know, um, song, a song before or some kind of excerpts from songs and stuff. Mm. So in the theatre, like I know you work with theatre singers in Sweden and mm. we would work with those kind of people in the UK as well. Mm. And they would be, depending on the show, might be, might be on stage every 
uh, scene yeah. for two and a half hours mm. up to that. So in that sort of world, eight shows a week, yeah. is that when you're saying, okay, going over six minutes could potentially affect that performance? Yeah, I think I, I would say that going over five to seven, it's, it's the individual, of course, but around there, then you should be warmed up if you do this correctly and you feel that, okay, then you're good enough to start. But you know, it's all exercises. You don't, you don't run all, you, you know, the full effort just after you're warmed up. You're just warmed up to begin. You're not warmed up to explode. Hmm. You know? Right. So it's not like it's putting, after five minutes, I'm a deer. I'm up on, you know, on, on top. But then, but you're warm enough to start vocalizing. Uh, and and then you do your gig. If it's if it's a long gig, I would not do anything more than that. It's the difference between a marathon runner and a sprinter. Yeah, yeah. So so of course a sprinter needs to be even more warm than five minutes of this. But then maybe he needs to do other stuff, you know, to incorporate other kind of muscles and and don't fatigue the vocalis only. Mm. So know? looking at uh, if you were going to say then, if the gig was long. Mm. And you kept the warm up short. Yeah. Would you then choose your songs carefully yeah. as you got into the show? I would. Hmm. Excellent. I would. Yeah. So if you can, but sometimes it's, you know you need this. <laughs> often you want this kick as kicking, uh, you know, intro, intro. stuff. Yeah. You know, oh, it's starting like this, and then well, mm -hmm. what can you do? Uh, this is a difficulty. So you have to take that from from time from from you know from artist to artist. How can we manage this? Mm. Are there any ways of doing not starting on? We, we just do the swing, don't we? We, we just do the Frank Sinatra mm. first. Yeah, it's very, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> so good, but not not all. That Iron Maiden cannot do the Sinatra first. You know. Yeah, in a rock band. You <laughs> yeah, can't that's do what I mean. It's like okay, uh, we need some Sinatra songs to get uh, really going here. So. I'd love to know your opinion on something just off the top of my head yeah. because I thought about it earlier. You know, you said. Um, about that teacher that you went to who helped you with technique, but then your reviews weren't so good. Yeah. So have you seen Adam Lambert sing with Queen? No, I have not. I reckon you should watch it. Yeah. I think it may have the same effect of what you're talking about. Okay. Do you know okay. Adam Lambert? Yeah, yeah, I know. I just know his one song, though. Right, yeah. So uh, what happened then? Well, he's an incredible singer. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. But very clean. And I know every Queen fan is dying inside. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's not rough enough. No, you know? no. Yeah, and that's what I mean. That takes us into an area I think that is interesting. Because it's like that a lot of the people working in this field that I'm also, and you also work in, um, talk about safe, safe this and safe that, safe belt, safe distortion, safe distribution, safe, how can we do this safe? And I, um, I agree, we should do it as safe as we can. But we need to keep it authentic. And a lot of the persons, uh, I would ask persons, but methodologies and results from, from science and stuff do not, have not, do not have the experience of the real world singing. So they do not know what is needed. So it's all, it would always be the sound first for the authentic artists. And then safe. It's not safe first. So the, a lot of the, this, I would say scientists is the wrong word, but a lot of the, community, the community around voice uh, care mm. is so afraid of doing things wrong but they lack the, exp 
peer, so, so they, they, they give us recommendations in one direction, but they, they lack experience um, and knowledge about the actual sound needed. And being on stage. And being on stage. Every night. Yeah, yeah. And what producers would like the singer to do, and what is the ideal of, of this music industry and, mm. and the sounds. So it's easy to say, uh, if you build, you have to do it like this. Okay. But when you do it like that, it doesn't sound authentic. Then you will never get the artist to do it. Mm. So authentic and sound first. And then it's a diamond. We have the diamond. We have the diamond on the table. So how can we, you know, go move around this diamond, make it more beautiful? Mm. But we cannot start with saying um, this is where diamond should be. This is a <laughs> strange metaphor. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, I, what I mean is that we it always starts out with rough, authentic, mm. at least for commercial artists. I think that's interesting, you know, when you look at um, someone like Michael Jackson. Yeah. He definitely started out with the sound first, didn't he? Because he would, yeah, he would yeah. be growling and crying and flipping and whatever. He'd be all over the place. Mm. And he had almost the polar opposite in his pedagogue, you know, in yeah, his yeah. teacher. Yeah. Seth Riggs would never tell you to do that stuff. No, no, no. <laughs> Ever. No. He would, no. He'd be like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Yeah. But if anything, they became like the perfect marriage, didn't they? Between, I, you know, Michael Jackson going to him to exercise, but yeah. just to make, just to give him a little bit of safety back when he's yeah. trying all these like really crazy tricks. Yeah. I don't know, actually, this I don't know, but all, all of this uh, superstars from that time did not, they did not either have a coach who were into this area at that time. You know, there were no popular music coaches. Mm. Not even Seth Riggs. He had popular music singers. He was a classical coach. He was uh, um, on patrol, I think, and found, uh, like as a soldier, I think he said, and, and found, found the technique with the low larynx and, and is, is praising the low larynx. But we all know that it's not possible in some, in some of the sounds. So, so, but at that time, these huge artists did not have anything else. And we did not know more about the pop voice. So, it's not, it's not said that all of these great artists really formed their sound via their voice coach. No, absolutely. You know, so, so maybe they got some knowledge about the voice and, and felt that I'm, going, I'm doing what I can to, to keep it <laughs> as safe. I, as I did when I went to, my, to him, I think, okay, I'll try. And then I found out that this. I cannot do as he say, but I, I learned something maybe, you know. Yeah, yeah. So absolutely. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. So, and, and that's a, a lot of your direction is based around the contemporary sound. That's, yeah. that's where you, you you focus a lot of your attention, isn't it? Yes, only. And um, yeah, I wanted to pick up on the vibrato subject that we've read that you that you define pop vibrato against natural vibrato. Yeah. Can you? Give us an idea of what that, what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, on, on the pop vibrato is is mainly when I use that um, as uh, it's it's mainly a shortcut for for singers that are not that developed technically, so they will try to add a little vibrato to their voice, and then they push. They only do this uh, like a tremolo sound, like that, and. Um, 
So, so that is a, I would say, a tremolo, or you can call it what you want, diaph diaphragm, vibrato, or, or so. But I distinguish the, the difference between that and the natural vibrato. And the natural vibrato is the result of a relaxed larynx. And for me, it would sound, oh, but that would be too fast for the genres that I like. So if you sound like that, like the rabbit, and you sing, uh, you know, it, that kind of soul that I like, or, or the heavy rock that I like, they will think that, okay, goodbye, you sound like a musical theater vibrato. <laughs> you know, so you need to be, oh, and then it tends to be a mix of the pop and the natural anyhow. So, mm. so uh, I would say that the wall-to-wall -wall vibrato used in some soul and some heavy rock is what the, the classical uh, world would call, you know, old voice. Sounds mm. like your are The wobble. Whoa! Where <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's like two notes wide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in some, in some uh, genres, this is really the ideal. Yes. And you have to know, that's what I mean, you have to know that. You cannot just say, but that's an old voice. No, it's an ideal in this area. It's needed there. That skill, it just seems like, a, I think that's why session vocalists are so good. Mm. They're able to change little things like that because they need to fulfill styles. Yeah. And many styles. And when you look at what defines it, and I mean, we're on yeah. to just one tiny figment of vibrato mm. and the fact that it mm. might be seven times per second and yeah. or five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodness wow. me. Seven and a half. <laughs> seven and a half and we're in. We're yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's it. I, I think it's really refreshing to... to speak to you and to hear your thoughts on all this stuff because like you say just picking up on what you said about that sound having its place yeah. I think for so, so, so long we haven't recognised that the world we live in needs equally this acceptance of the pop sound mm. because it's what we're living with and I think it's kind of brushing the carpet as that dirty thing yeah, or yeah. that thing that oh, it, that's it not, will hurt you in the end yeah yeah hear that a lot Right. Don't do that, it will definitely hurt you. And especially in, in uh, I don't know what it's like in Sweden, but in the education systems in the UK, it's, there are, there's some pop influences in the schools, and this is pre-further education, but it's, you know, it's still not accepted as singing, quote-unquote. You know, it's not the art of singing. Whereas, in fact, it's the world we live in, isn't it? And yeah. it's definitely increasing the amount of people that are doing it. It is so strange. Institutional-wise, it's the same in Sweden. Uh, and I think that I was in, in a panel in, at PIVOC in Dresden, and that must have been a couple of years ago. It was the same in Germany, they said. So this is, you know, institutions still, you know, jazz is still kind of, you know, new there. You know, so in, in Sweden, I think that jazz came into the institution in the 70s. So that's like 50 years after it, it went, you know, big in, in commercial-wise. And, and rock is from the 50s, and maybe it will come in now, maybe, you know. So until rap will come into this, <laughs> well, it's 2050. Right. You know, then it's so hot, we have to do something, a master in rap. <laughs> I'm on it. So we're so after, the institutional life is so after. There is not, I don't know if there's a real professor, not, not professor as teacher, but a professor of popular music singing anyway. Mm. There's a lot of classical ones. Yeah, can imagine. So PhDs and then in a, a, a professor as a professor. Yeah. So looking at one last question for you, if possible. Um, 
looking at the contemporary singers these days, the workload is often high. Um, the vocal meltdowns are more frequent. Yeah, yeah. When we look at people like Adele and Sam Smith, mm. Megan Trainer, um, so many to mention. Mm. Do you have an opinion on how singers, especially if they are going to sing a lot and have a high workload, how they can avoid these kind of meltdowns? We know a lot of it is lifestyle. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people have poor lifestyle and you can't outsing a poor lifestyle, no, right? No, no. But when it comes to the treatment of the voice or working on technique, which areas would you feel would leave someone less at risk? Okay, let me just uh, clarify one thing first, that, that uh, for nutritionists I actually found that there's no difference in how many classical singers slash pop singers that are coming to them with, with vocal damage mm. and voice you know, problems. Right. So it's not more of the pop, it's the same, it's the same amount in these genres. So it's not like they have the correct technique and we don't. So it's more about um, people who get damaged sometimes. But in this case, when, it's come, when it comes to these, the, the um, popular, you know, the breaks, when they break and make it, these young artists, it's like they are in the studio doing nothing, nothing, just recording, doing demos, you know, hanging around, and then they get a hit, you know, in a month, two months maybe. And then you are working three you may, maybe three gigs a day sometimes. You may do a radio show or, or an early TV thing and then a radio show and an interview. So you have the speech voice and then you're doing a, a, a concert in the evening. Or You know, it's like a heavy on a voice that is not developed. First of all, they're young. Two, they seldom have, this, they have the skills but not the stamina to do this. So you need to be vo vocally prepared. So you need to work out your voice every day, even when you're not on tour. Which, so is, that, which is what people find hard keeping or sticking to, isn't yes. it? Especially if it hasn't been your lifestyle before. Yeah, right? of course, yes, mm. of course. And this is even, and that's why I wrote the book, Vocal Workout of the Day. Oh! Yeah. Yeah, Release after, after Christmas. So anyhow, <laughs> that's actually because I, I, me, myself, I work full time with voice. I have the book and the app style in my phone, I have the whole program for this, and still, and I have a reminder on the phone, and still it's difficult to, to follow it. Because we're not used to vocalizing structurally. But we need to learn this. Break the habits. We, you have to start that habit. It's as working out our bodies. We just need to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday, start. I do this. You know, it's the same with the voice. You need to, to build your stamina for over a long period of time there you have it people mm. if there's ever a reason to do it there it is work out every day i don't know about you there appears to be a lot of crime we're in islington it's supposed to be posh yeah. okay <laughs> but it's not um so yeah you mentioned your book there the workout of the day can you yeah. tell our audience just a little bit about um if they want to find out more about your work mm. read your stuff where can they find out about you i think it's on the web page sanger with a c dot uh, sc is and it two g's two n's yes two g's z a z z I'm American. I'm American. Z a n g g e r dot com dot s e dot s e. Yeah. We'll stick it on the show notes and everything. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> stick it on the show yeah. notes, and that has yeah. uh, all your literature. 
Yes, it has my literature, literature and the certification and the pipes and you know all the vocal wood, ultimate vocal here and there. And the, the book is, is is in its Swedish at the moment, but will be translated. It will be in, translated as soon as possible. I hope. Ace, ace. What has been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Thank it's you, Daniel. Been my pleasure. Thank you, Daniel. There he goes, back to Sweden, roly poly and all the way. Is that what he's doing? That's what he's doing. Yeah. You know, stylish. <laughs> is, is it? He is, no, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's going to do it in style. He's going to roly-poly, isn't he? I wouldn't have chosen roly-polying for style, though. I wouldn't, wouldn't you? have put those two things together, no. Okay. Um, but your choice, mate. 21st century, your mate. Your choice. Catch up. Do what you want. You know what I mean? Get with it. H hope you <laughs> received something from that, whether it was just avoid central London. Don't live there. Um, or just that there was some valuable voice stuff that you learned as well <laughs> uh, but he is great yeah um, do do get into contact with us if you have any questions about the episode and also do go and check out Daniel and his channels because he's got some great books out as well and uh, yeah you can uh, rest assured that guy educates himself so you know his opinion is is really worthwhile um, but as always, you know, we've got lots and lots of uh, information coming out soon, lots of things going on. So check out our website, thenakedvocalist.com, for more. When you're on the website, please do sign up to the mailing list so we can keep you in touch with you with all of the brand new information. You know, occasionally we might slag you off uh, on email, so you don't want to miss that, do you? Good, all good fun. <laughs> all, all, all in good taste. All in the name of fun. We're not angry. We're not angry. Okay. We're all happy. We're all happy in this, aren't we? Hugging. We're all hugs. There's not enough cuddling in this world. There's not, is there? Especially not in person, anyway. Hey? Don't you give hug? You can give hugs on like oh, dating websites. You, you right. know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, what's it? Winks and stuff. Yeah, but. Or pr uh, pokes. Do you remember pokes on Facebook? Yeah, that only meant one thing, didn't it? It did, didn't it? It's like, excuse me. Excuse me, is that how you approach golden bars? It's like, it's like, knock knock. You're not noticing. You don't notice me. Excuse me. Yeah. I have ulterior motives, prod. So you could get a poke from someone and think, well, that was weird. So poking aside, what do ah, we. I don't even know. Are we still got places for the New Year's Eve show? Yeah, New Year's Eve show. Exactly. Um, go on our Facebook page, there's a, a video pinned to the top. Uh, where we're getting people on the show to be part of our New Year's Eve episode. So we would love to chat to you guys on Skype. So go and find the video and uh, sign yourself up for that because it would be really awesome to get you guys on and talking about your life. Your life. Your life. Okay? So that's it from us, isn't it? That's it from us for one day. Another bloody what, what, good one. What are you going to do now? What are you up to? Uh, well, I think I better iron my clothes for the gig tonight. You've got two hours, mate. What are you going to do with the rest of the time? It takes ages, doesn't it? Get the crease right in the trousers. Is... Hey, do you know what I mean? It's a posh one, isn't it, tonight? Are you going for the front crease? The... Yeah, why not? I'm, I'm older now, mate. What you... Stop trying to hang on to your youth. I knew that was coming. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, what are you going for? Jeans? I can get away with it, mate. Oh, can you? Yeah. What else that? Granddad. Granddad! It's like eight months between us. That's enough. No, I'll make an effort for the client uh, who's paid us all that money. It's a lot of money. Right, uh, have a lovely Saturday <laughs> evening. <laughs> and we'll see you soon.